0: The Read to Lead Podcast, Episode 7. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwardsPodcast.com, and there are only a few must-listen podcasts on my list, and this is one of them. It's Jeff Brown and the Read to Lead Podcast.
1: tell you how many times people have come up to me and have said, Pat, I just loved the wedding video you shared of you and your wife. That was a really cool dance she choreographed. That has absolutely nothing to do with my business and my niche, but it has everything to do with building that relationship and the trust with your audience.
2: Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever-important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff.
0: Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. If one of your passions is reading like it is mine, then you've come to the right place. My goal is to help you develop a more intentional and consistent reading habit, in part because I believe that reading is essential to your success. Now, each week we sit down with another successful and inspiring nonfiction author, and we talk about not only their latest book, but also their thoughts on leadership personal development, career, business, entrepreneurship, and a whole lot more. This episode features a conversation with Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income blog and author of the recent book, Let Go. But first, I want to take a few seconds to recognize our sponsor, and that is audible.com. You obviously enjoy listening to podcasts and would probably also enjoy listening to the occasional audiobook too. And I've got the perfect deal for you. Courtesy of audible.com, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial and download your first book for free today. Just go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash audible. That's Podcast.com slash audible. Pat Flynn is a hugely successful blogger blogging at smartpassiveincome.com. He hosts what is often the highest rated business podcast in iTunes, the weekly Smart Passive Income podcast, and earlier this year, added published author to his list of accomplishments with the book, Let Go. It is my pleasure to welcome Pat Flynn to the Read to Lead podcast. Welcome, Pat. Hey, thank you for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, first, just on a personal note, I-, I love how your personality and goofiness comes through in your podcast. Uh, <laughs> people really seem to appreciate that about you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I-, I love the podcast because
1: it just allows me to be myself. And I'm, I'm kind of a goofy person once you get to know me and then you know it's nice because I'm not actually speaking to anybody um, <laughs> I'm just speaking to Mike so I just feel like I'm I can I can be myself and you know people seem to resonate with that which is great I mean one of the things I do as you know is in the first you know 20 seconds I share I mean I don't share I actually have my uh, voiceover movie voice guy <laughs> share an interesting tidbit about myself and they're typically very random and I, I have a lot of people come up to me at conferences and say like dude, I, I'm afraid of spiders too. Or, oh, I was in the marching band also. Or I had a crush on Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell too. Just, you know, a lot of random things. Yeah. And when I first did that, people were like, you are an idiot for doing that. And, you know, spending all that money with the voiceover guy for doing that. But, um, a lot of them have come around to say that is a genius thing
0: to do. So, uh, very David Letterman-esque of you, uh, I think. <laughs> Well, initially when preparing for this, I sort of felt like I needed to you know, make sure that you know, since you've done so many interviews, you've got your own podcast, that we needed to cover material that's never been covered before, ask you questions that have never been asked of Pat Flynn. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I needed to stay true to my show's mission and goal and that likely most people listening to this are just like I was a few months ago, someone who had never heard of Pat Flynn. So if you would, Pat, take a minute or two to share with us your story as it begins about five, seven years ago to today.
1: Sure. Uh, well, uh, back five years ago, I mean, uh, maybe even seven years ago, I, I graduated college from uc berkeley with an architecture degree and that's what i was sort of trained to do um i had spent my whole life doing everything the way i was supposed to do um from high school getting great grades to doing all the extracurriculars to even when i had the job uh that i got out of college in architecture to going way above and beyond the call of duty and i was climbing the corporate ladder there again doing everything i was supposed to do um until summer of 2008 i learned that i was going to get laid off and it was a very 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 sort of depressing moment you know f- it's just unbelievable i couldn 't believe you know even the words coming out of my boss 's mouth were pat you 're one of the youngest, brightest guys I know comma we have to let you go, which just like' that, that's, I'm still blown away of the fact that that happened, but i'm very fortunate because um you know to make a long story short, I actually took a website that i had that I built when I was starting for an exam when I had my architecture position still um a site that I had spent maybe a year a year. Um, putting content into just to help myself and a couple other coworkers pass an exam. And after I passed that exam in early 2008, I just let it sit there and, you know, I got inspired after I got laid off from other podcasts, actually, that um, featured success stories of people doing business online that I decided to take this website that I had and turn it into a business of my own to help other people pass the same exam that I passed just a few months earlier. And uh, it exploded. I mean, in the first month that I um you know, opened up the comments and and everything like that. People started asking me questions and, and viewing me as an expert and people were almost demanding some sort of uh more convenient way to process the information. So that's when I wrote an ebook that I eventually sold in October of 2008. And that very first month I had made (laughs) $7,908.55 by selling a little over 300 copies of that $19.99 ebook. And it was just, it was absolutely life changing. And and the income just started to grow each and every month. And uh, that's when I started the Smart Passive Income blog, which is where most people know me from now, where I sort of just share everything that that has happened Um, you know ever since the beginning I've been sharing all the details all the wins all the failures things I wish I would have done better Um, I've created new businesses publicly on the site and showing people the the sort of progression and how that goes um, just to really show people of uh, you know what opportunities are available to them out there stuff that I didn't know existed until I went through that dramatic moment in my life and I don't want uh, I don't want people to have to go through stuff like that to realize really what's possible and also um, sort of where I'm at now is I've, I've sort of you know unintentionally become the sort of leader in this space where um you know I, i i i mean just because of who i am and the way the way i think things should be done i'm you know i'm very honest and authentic about everything um and and unfortunately well fortunately for me but unfortunately that's that's a way of standing out in the niche i'm in you know it's drives me nuts that being authentic and honest is standing out like it shouldn't be like that but uh you know as a result sort of my site and everything i do is, is, has been sort of pushed up to the top which has been great um and and so i i know i'm in this leadership position and i know a lot of people follow my example um and so i i do my best to try and provide as much information free information as i can to my audience to help inspire and help them get things going for them too
0: Uh, Making money online for so long was kind of in that uh, late-night infomercial camp.
1: Oh, gosh. It was
0: terrible. You kind of came in and and disrupted that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: it it all came from when I took my uh, exam site online. Because, I mean, initially, I thought that the way business was done online was through this very scammy car salesman type mm. type of marketing sort of world but uh, when I had a business and I was providing value to people through an ebook and then later practice exams and I was getting thanked for it and getting paid for it mm. that showed me that there was a way to sort of legitimately do business online in a way where everybody can win and so I really took that to heart when I started succeeding and that's sort of what I teach you know there are ways to legitimately make money in a way where everybody's happy
0: People like uh, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and myself, we have sort of uh, begun uh, laying the foundation of a a platform with with a podcast. Uh, You, however, started your blog, of course, and have added the podcasting dynamic. How has that dynamic altered with a podcast added to it? Sure. Well,
1: the blog started in October of 2008 the podcast started in July of 2010 and um, I only wish I started sooner because mm-hmm. it, it has changed everything it has blown me away I mean I knew a podcast was a great way to develop a relationship with your audience and also get them to take action it was a podcast that got me to take action and discover this world of online business so I always knew it was, that, it was powerful in that regard but I had no idea that after I started my podcast I would have this much uh, of an impact on, on people's lives and also be able to reach more people as a result and um, you know I did a survey a couple of years ago on my blog, not my podcast or not my YouTube channel, just on my blog asking people, how did you first discover Smart Passive Income? Or when did you first hear about Pat? Or where did you first hear about Pat Flynn? And I gave them all the options. The number one way that people have discovered my brand was through my podcast. Um, and and it, it, was, it was incredible. I think uh, 19% of people, one out of every five people found me through iTunes number two was actually through YouTube and then number three uh, 15% was links through other sites so that's over 52 that, that's that's 52% uh, you know people discovering me outside of my own site um, and, and the top one being being the podcast but e- even more than just the reach it's just it's allowed me to create these really deep connections with my audience um, and, and like we were talking about earlier you know people are listening in the car or at the gym or on a walk or whatever um, and they're listening for a very long time I mean, when you think about a blog post, people spend you know three to ten minutes reading a blog post. Uh, tweets and Facebook posts much much shorter, obviously, and then even videos. You know, people's attention spans are up to five minutes, and then after that, you know, they're they're browsing somewhere else. But a podcast, people are listening for over an hour sometimes, mm. um, and and they're engaged, and and it's because of the fact uh, and, and sort of the, the way that technology works, people can take the podcast with them wherever and. You know, as a content provider, you're actually sort of injecting yourself into people's everyday regular lives. I mean, you become a part of their life. And I've heard it time and time again where people come up to me at conferences and stuff and and they say, you know, Pat, I just I feel like I know you. And, um, you know, it's it's so it's crazy i mean it's just it's unbelievable and that's why i mean you you said you noticed the sort of a number of podcasts that i've had so far um it wasn't regular at first i was doing every two weeks at first it was only when i discovered this year actually how much of an impact the podcast has made because everybody came up to me and was talking about the podcast before anything um that i decided to switch to weekly and then a couple times during the year my server went down so i haven't been able to keep up but i've been uh, you know, I'm set on weekly and even just switching to weekly has has made a uh, definitely made a big impact. I actually just today passed four million downloads in, in iTunes. Wow.
0: Well, when you when you sent out that survey, and you got the responses you got. Were you were you surprised by them or was part of the survey kind of just to validate what you already thought? Uh, it was to validate that, you know, podcasting and YouTube
1: and, and things outside of the blog were up there um, but it blew me away when i saw that podcasting was was number 1 definitely
0: well pat what advice would you give to someone desiring to develop a personal brand and begin the process of of presenting themselves as a thought leader in their space like you have
1: well i think there's i mean there's a number of things you could do but i think what it comes down to is sort of discovering what your unique selling proposition is you know that that sort of thing about you that you know makes you stand out from everyone else in that same space that you're in. And, you know, it's a lot of times people have have trouble with that. When when you really think about it, you know, it's your personal brand. It's you and nobody else is like you. So there's definitely things about you that you should uh, not take advantage of, but I mean, yeah, use to your advantage and and sort of milk because those those are things that are uniquely you. And there are, there are people out there who will connect with you just because of who you are, regardless of, you know, how you present your content. That's just how it is. And so really determining what your strengths are and what differences that you can provide the things that you can provide that no one else can provide another way to think about this is what's your what's your uh unfair advantage what unfair advantage do you have that other people can't bring to the table that you can bring and definitely make sure you're making sure to highlight those things along the way um and and um yeah, I mean, uh, and then another thing when it comes to personal branding is just being personable, you know, I whatever niche you're in, you want to inject a little bit of your own personality in there, sort of like we talked about how I do in my podcast. And also just sharing a little bit of stuff about you and who you are and, and sort of what you value and things like that, because that's, that's what people connect to. And, and, you know, there's obviously a fine line between, um, you know, sharing a lot and uh you know, to, to 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 connect with your audience, and versus you know, revealing way too much about yourself, where it endangers other people around you. <laughs> um, but you just want to use common sense when it comes to that. But also, you know, I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and um, have said, "You know, Pat, I just loved the wedding video you shared of you and your wife. That was a really cool dance she choreographed." <laughs> um, you know, again, that has nothing, to absolutely nothing to do with my business and my niche, but it has everything to do with building that relationship and the trust with your audience.
0: Well, obviously, as entrepreneurs, we're able to be our own boss and, and set our own hours, even even work from home in some cases. But it can be easy to find yourself working you know, twice as long on your own business as, as you ever did for an employer, which I've been struggling with doing. And so as an entrepreneur, what are some methods you use or practices you employ, Pat, to try and maintain a work-life balance?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really funny because we're always talking about, oh, you know, when we're working a nine to five and we're, we have that job, we want to break away from it, you know, get rid of the nine to five. Then we do that and you find that you're actually working like nine to nine or, you know, almost 24 hours a day sometimes. Um, and it was a big struggle for me at first. And at first, so you know, when I first started working for myself, it was just my wife and I. Um, and. I did a lot of things that I'm not very proud about. Like I would actually be in conversations with my wife and I'd sort of be there in conversation with her mentally. But in the back of my head, I would be thinking about my business. And um, it got to a point where we had a nice little chat about that. And, um, you know, it, point, it was pointed out to me and I didn't even realize I was doing it it was just it was un, it was unfair and then there were even points when I realized that when I was working and this especially happened after I had kids uh, when I was working that I, I was fo- I, I really wanted to be with my kids and I wasn't focused on the work like I should have been focused on and so that really led me to, uh, to, to the fact that you know as much as we want to break away from that 9 to 5 you still need a schedule you and, and you have to stick to it and that, that's probably the most important thing um, to, to be able to sort of turn your brain off and get into personal mode when you need to be in personal life and, and well, well, to, to be a hundred percent wherever you are you know, if you're in work you're 100% working if you're not at work and you're with your family you're 100% with them it's only fair to them and so the schedule will help you do that and for me my schedule's kind of interesting right now and for everybody it's going to be different and it's sort of based on um, you know, for me it's all based around the kids and, and my wife and you know you definitely have to communicate with the people around you to create that schedule and if you're by yourself if you're a programmer and you're working by yourself from home and you're an entrepreneur you still need to create hours or else you're going to find yourself overworking yourself you need to reward yourself sometimes with some time off and sometimes it's that time off where your brain gets to sort of uh, reset and subconsciously think about the things that you're, that you're doing. Even while you're sleeping sometimes, um, you, know, you, you, you actually can make progress on your business when you're sleeping or when you're not um, you know, even thinking about it. And so just giving your brain a rest sometimes is really important. So having that schedule is really important. But also for me, um, and, and this is especially important now that I have kids, is, is to have an actual physical space where it's work time and when I'm in this room everybody else in the house knows that this is daddy and he's, he's in work but when I'm out of it I can close the door and I myself can be out of work mode too so, those two things are really important, having a schedule and then having a physical space. So, I'm, I'm really lucky to have one of the bedrooms in the house I'm in now as, as my home office. Um, and it's definitely challenging. And there are times when, you know, the lines between work life and, and, and personal life are blurred. But these two solutions are the best and, and, uh, that I've come up with um, to be able to sort of delineate those two things.
0: Well, let's shift uh, focus a little bit to the book, Let Go, something that you initially published uh, on the, the Snippet app platform exclusively. And I also know you to be the type of guy, you don't put out a product for the sake of putting out a product or have something to sell. You're very deliberate and intentional about what you do. What prompted you or spurred you to want to release this book and specifically on that narrow, I guess, a platform early on? Sure. Uh, well, for
1: those of you who don't know, Snippet app is a sort of reading platform or a sort of multimedia reading platform on iOS, so iPhone and iPad and um you know, it's brand new, so it was definitely risks to sort of publish my first book on this brand new platform. But um, the reason I did it—I mean, I've always had this book in the back of my head. Um, let go. Um, you know, it's called Let Go for a couple of reasons. One, because it's about my story of how I was let go from architecture, but also more than that, it's how I had to let go of what I was sort of conditioned to learn growing up and sort of being on that quote right path, and, and, and sort of letting go of that to discover my own way, and also letting go of the fears that I had along the way as well. But I've always had the story in the back of my mind and you know I I you know there there's there were opportunities to, to write it but when I had this opportunity and, and I saw a demo of this brand new platform called Snippet App and saw the multimedia capabilities of it which I know iBooks had but it also has social media capabilities as well so within the book itself people can view a hashtag conversation and add to that conversation and they're adding a lot more cool features where people can um, you know share certain things or even take pictures while you're reading the book with those devices to share with everybody else you know for example um, there might be a prompt in a book and I didn't do this because this feature wasn't available but they were talking about it. Imagine in the middle of a book or you finish the first chapter and it prompts you to take a picture. You just push a button and you take a picture and you get to see a gallery of all the other people who are reading that book and where they're at. Um, I mean, that's so cool. I mean, it's just the interactions that are available um, with this platform are are endless. And so I got really excited, um, especially because I knew I was going to be one of the first authors on this platform. I mean, how many people could say that they were the first author on a new platform? I mean, I don't even know who the first author on Amazon was, but that would be really cool thing to say <laughs> so i wanted to be the, one of the first authors on snippet app so i took this opportunity i wrote the book and i gave it to my editor matt gartlin from winningedits.com who's amazing and uh he was like oh so where are you going to publish this book is it going to be on amazon is this going to be sort of create space for self-publish something be like uh and then i told him you know this is going to be on snippet app and he was like okay what's that and so i gave him the sort of demonstration uh that i was given and he's like okay We haven't even scratched the surface yet. There's so much more we have to do because video was a huge component of this book for me. And at the end of most of the chapters in the snippet app, you press a button and it plays a video that relates to that specific chapter. Sometimes they were uh, video sort of interviews of myself on location on, uh, you know, in San Francisco and other spots where certain things happened in my story. But also there are video interviews of my wife and also my dad, which, um, you know, those are. Those are two critical characters in my life who uh, played a major role in, in sort of where I got to now um, you know and then I launched the book and, and it did really really well became the number one bestseller on this on this platform by far um, but then there were a lot of people who were upset that they you know, because they had Android devices. They didn't have the iOS device. And so they were like, I can't even read the story. This is unbelievable. Guilty. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, I mean, I totally get it. And and that's why we repurposed the book on Amazon. And that was a challenge because, you know, this is multimedia on Snippet app. Amazon is not necessarily multimedia. There's, so we link to the videos at the end. The social media capabilities aren't there, although they're referenced. And you can still use the hashtag and things like that. But um, I think it did really well as far as uh, the, the shift from Snippet app to Kindle. And um, it's really interesting. In April when I launched it, within the first day, it, it launched uh, and got up to the number one small business and entrepreneurship book on Amazon. Not just Kindle book, but all books. And um, so I'm really, really proud of that.
0: I really thought that the dedication you wrote in the beginning was very poignant. You talk about why... How we react to those unplanned moments in life shapes who we become for, for someone struggling in their, their current position or job or who maybe has just gotten the same news you got you know, five years ago or that I received a couple months ago. Why might embracing the unplanned be one of the smartest things they could ever do?
1: Well, I mean, it's very cliche to say, but, you know, things happen for a reason and, um, you know, it may not seem like it at that very moment and you know another cliche thing to say is you know life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how do you react to it I mean those are all (laughs) cliches but they're they're all they're, they're for real you know and you never know what the universe has planned for you and sometimes it takes those unexpected moments to really shock you and sort of wake you up to see what else and what opportunities are available. I mean, that, that's exactly what happened to me. And when you think about, you know, your past and, 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 you know, this is for anybody listening out there, a lot of times the coolest moments in your life, just, I mean, that's how I'm going to phrase it, the coolest <laughs> moments of your life, a lot of times those things are the things that happened unplanned. And so embracing the unplanned and seeing those as opportunities rather than failures or,
0: um, you know,
1: I swear, like, if you just stick with the plan, life isn't going to be that exciting.
0: <laughs> uh, I said to somebody uh, several months ago, six, eight months ago, uh, as I was contemplating uh, new things and and thinking about leaving my job, I said, you know, probably the best thing that could ever happen to me would be to get let go and <laughs> hand it a severance package and be pushed out of the nest and really start what I want to do. And that's exactly what happened. So ah, here we awesome. are. Well, you touched on this a moment ago. In the book, you, you get into how the... The career path you'd been on prior to being laid off was the one society expected you to be on. It was about fulfilling the expectations of others, in other words, oftentimes. For you, Mm -hmm. how uh, was it you came to that realization? Was it being laid off that opened your eyes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it took a little bit of time after the initial shock to realize that and uh, a little bit of, um, you know, minor successes along the way to be able to to encourage me to keep going and realizing that, you know, I was destined for a different path. But yeah, it was absolutely fulfilling someone else's, um, you know, just path. The, the, you know, that, that's, that's what we're taught to do from, from the moment we, we go to school. That, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a nice job, work until you're 65 and retire and then you're done and then everything's happy. Um, and, you know, and more specifically, it was, it was the path that my dad went down. And so I was following his example. And, you know, I've, I've always looked up to my dad and I wanted to be like him and do things like him. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, he worked at the same job for 40 plus years and then retired. He was able to provide for his family. And I was, uh, you know, very thankful for that. And I wanted to do the same thing. And that's the way I knew how to do it. Um, and it's really funny because after I got let go and I was talking to my dad about potentially going down this other path after I started, you know, investigating Internet business and things like that. He offered the suggestion to go back to school to go back to grad school to get a master's degree and then come back out of it with potentially a better paying job in architecture. One that might not be available to me without having going to graduate school. Um, and the thing about that, it was like, he's always right. He's always <laughs> been right my entire life and he was right. I could have done that, but you know, I was doing everything right already and I got, I still got kicked out. And so I knew I had to take control and and I realize that you know if 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 I fail, if I go through these depressing moments in life again, I want it to be because of something that I didn't do or something that I could have controlled, um, not something that was in somebody else's hands.
0: I love the uh, Colin uh, Hightower quote in the book: "The true measure of your worth includes all the benefits others have gained from your success." I think one of the reasons uh, people are so drawn to you and what you're doing is that sincere desire we all sense that. Deep down, you just want to help people. Uh, why is helping people so important to you? I mean, you're making a decent living, and you would probably continue to, even if you never helped another person. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: the more people you help, the more rewards will come your way. That's just that's just the business model that I've learned works. Um, you know, there's there, there's there's a there, there's a saying I. I am. And that's an acronym for I affect many. Mm. And the more people you can affect, the more of an effect the, you know, those people will have on you. I mean, there's just, you know, if you help people, people want to help you back. And I've had people come up to me and send me emails and say things like, you know, Pat, you've helped me out so much. I Here's my credit card number. Like, when you come out with a product, I'm not even kidding. They, they, here is my credit card number, which is ridiculous. i never send an email with a credit card number. Um, but, but here's my number. Or, or they did they say things like, you know, when you come out with a product, I don't care what it's about. You've already done so much for me. I want to pay you back. Um, and, and it's just so amazing how how much people want to pay back. And that's human nature. You know, when when things are done for you, you want to do things back. And you know, there's a lot of people, salespeople who take advantage of this sort of part of human nature car salesman's i mean they yeah i'll throw in the leisure seats for free knowing Mm -hmm. that when you do that you're going to be more likely to to make that purchase but there are ways to do this legitimately where if you actually really want to help people and you actually do you provide value to them and you make their lives better your life is going to become better as a result so that that's always been my primary motive now is is to help as many people as possible and yeah that's sort of a you know that's you can't really You know, count the numbers because there's countless people who, you know, potentially have been helped. And, you know, it's nice to have some sort of meter. Um, And for me, that meter is thank you notes getting handwritten thank you letters. The more I can get those, the, the if I can get handwritten thank you letters, like in this digital age, if I can get handwritten thank you letters, I know I'm doing something right. And every week I go to my inbox and I get a handful of, of thank you cards and notes that people have written from all around the world just saying thanks. And I just, that's what I, I mean, uh, that's what I'm selfish about. I want as many of those as possible. It's because I mean, I get so fulfilled knowing that what I'm doing is making an impact. But that's that's a good sort of gauge for me to know that I'm 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 doing it the right way.
0: If you're like me at all, and I, I, in this way, and I sense that you might be, uh, I'm thinking back to like when you were first selling your your lead exam, and, and as I read in the book, and and you know, w- going out and taking a walk, and and coming back and realize another sale had taken place <laughs> while you're while you're out on a walk. Yeah, I've been in sort of a similar situation before where when that happens, it's like, oh my gosh. What if they don't like it? What if it's? What if they complain? Did you ever struggle with those kinds of doubts? Even even once the that thing, whatever it was, was out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I still go through those those um, those doubts. I mean, that's just it's just that's just you know it's called the resistance. I don't know if you've read
0: uh, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the War
1: of Art yeah. by Stephen Pressfield, but that's mm-hmm. the resistance, and it always comes into your life right before something amazing is going to happen. And so I've seen, and I, I've sort of gotten used to um, the, the resistance and knowing that if that's there, that that's a good sign that you should just keep going with what you're doing and that's something worth doing. Cause if, if, if that resistance wasn't there and it was sort of welcoming you, um, that's when you should be scared. That's when maybe you're not doing the thing that you should be doing or you're doing it in the wrong way. So I always look for that now. Um, and you know, I always, those doubts always come in. Um, and you know, you kind of just have to, be confident in what you can do and provide, uh, and 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 know that you know maybe if it's not the right thing that you can make shifts and, 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 and make it better for people who may not appreciate it. And that, you know, I always knew that if people you know refunded the book um, when I first uh, wrote it, that I would go and bend over backwards to make sure they got something, um, and and you know uh, to, to for their troubles. And you know, out of I don't know, fourteen thousand books sold now, mm-hmm. one person has uh has, oh, there's been a, f- a couple of refunds but one person um in particular was just not happy with it mm. um and for that person you know i definitely obviously gave them the refund and i gave them free consultations and as many things as i could to make them happy and you know they ended up turning around and being like you know i just had a bad day um <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> to take it out in you and 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 you know that person actually became one of uh you know someone who has helped and promoted my site wow so pretty-
0: and that one person though sometimes can cancel out a hundred positive comments can't they yeah <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, I've learned to grow with thick skin. And you know, they say, you know, if you're not upsetting somebody, um, you're not doing things right. Mm. And and you know, and it's not to say that you go and try to upset everybody, but you know, there's you know, the more the more out there you, you put yourself, um, the, the more chances there are of, of people who may not agree with you or who may, um, think things differently, you know, that they're going to find you. And, you know, I am, I'm, I'm at a point now where i have a substantially large audience and there are a number of people out there who, um, just don't agree with how i do things or maybe think i'm doing it for the wrong reasons and you know i'm i know i'm doing it the right way so i I know i have nothing to worry about and for a lot of times those people um you know if they're if if they're disrespectful on my blog for example if they're trolls and they're calling people names or calling they're using swear words i just i block them like i don't need that on my site it's my site get off um but if they're respectful i listen to them and i I definitely read every single word um that is said and i'll often uh, get on a skype chat with those people which i know most people are like why did you do that like you just need to ignore that but you know a lot of times those people are just misunderstood or there's some sort of miscommunication between myself and the words that i write and how that person is reading it so um you know just last week actually, i actually had a skype call with somebody who was like you're fake and your numbers are all wrong and you know just you prove yourself so i was like fine i will Let's get on a Skype chat. I'll screen share with you and walk you (laughs) through all my accounts. Um, You know, my my affiliate income and things like that. I didn't show him like bank accounts and and things like that. But, you know, all the reports from my affiliate commissions and things and and they were like, wow, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And then he left a comment on the blog later saying, you know what, Pat walked me through his accounts and he was absolutely right. I just, I can't believe it, but um, I saw it with my own eyes and I apologize. So, you know. That's that. That's the. That's that's what's called the Gary Vaynerchuk method. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to 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 haters.
0: <laughs> well, when it comes to helping people, the, the the quote I always go back to is the Zig Ziglar quote from you know decades ago. If you help enough other people get what they want, you you will get what you want. Totally. Well, as as your business has grown, and I can imagine how you you manage it all. Frankly, uh, what's that tool, or maybe something you. You use every day that you absolutely can't live without. It could be a you know, piece of hardware, software, an app, anything. Sure.
1: I mean, right now, the big thing is, is Basecamp. Um,
0: I use Basecamp to
1: manage all my different projects. And I've recently um, been working with a lot of other people who have uh, sort of, I call my team members now, who are helping me with sort of um, managing all the different projects I have, which uh, is nice because it takes a lot of that out, out of, off my shoulders. But, um, you know, Basecamp is great. I was even using it before I had a team to organize all the projects, to put down to-do lists of what to do next and sort of prioritize those projects to, to sort of tell me, even when I can't think straight, you know, what I should be working on next. Um, and and that, that's been really helpful.
0: Well, Pat, when it comes down to leadership, I define leadership as influence. And obviously, you're a guy who has a lot of influence. What would you say is the single most important leadership lesson that, that you've ever learned, if you could boil it down to just one thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's absolutely leading by example. You know, if you really, truly want to lead a group of people, you have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And that's sort of reflected in everything I do from the monthly income reports that I have where I'm sharing what I'm doing and what goes right and what goes wrong. um, Even, you know, and talking about how much money I've been making from each of my income sources to building websites from scratch publicly on the site and showing people what I do right, what I do wrong, so that they can sort of follow my example and lead. And even though it might not be perfect all the time, at least I'm sort of in the front sort of with the machete, sort of <laughs> just knocking everything down so everybody behind me can have an easier time. That That's sort of how I see it.
0: Well, name for us, Pat, if you would, a couple of books from the recent past that have uh, made the greatest impression on you and why. Yeah, well, um, I love Made to Stick
1: by Chip and Dan Heath, it's just all you know. Great stories about why certain stories and th- certain things that are said are remembered, and why other things aren't. And when it comes to doing business online and having a podcast, and um, you know, we definitely need to do what we can to share a message that will not only stick with people, but also be shared and stick to those people, and be shared again. And that's sort of how you grow. Um, so, 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 made to stick by Chip and Dan Heath. That, that's sort of an older one that that I read and reread from time to time. Um, and then also recently i 've been doing a lot of um, public speaking and there 's a Dale Carnegie book called "Stand and Deliver," mm. uh, which has been fantastic for me so if you 're thinking about doing any sort of public speaking whether it 's to a group of ten people in your office to a group of four hundred people at a conference or more, um, you know that book was was a great starting point for me um, to sort of you know get over the <laughs> probably one of the biggest fears i 've ever had um, and also you know doing the podcast helped with getting over that fear and just helping me communicate better as well.
0: Well, you've tackled so many things that you used to be afraid of. I know doing video was tough at first, public mm-hmm. speaking, the podcast and even despite being in radio for years, public speaking still scares me to death. So, someday <laughs> I'm going to branch out and do that and have that courage that you've had. I mean, it's
1: it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it now and, and <laughs> I have my uh, very happy to share that I have my very first keynote coming up uh, the opening keynote for this conference, the Financial Blogger Conference awesome. in St. Louis. This This October so I'm super stoked about that. Isn't that
0: funny how that works? It goes from being the thing you're most fearful of to being something you just love to do. Right?
1: Like I said when the resistance kicks in that's how you know it's something worth doing.
0: (laughs) Well I have a listener question uh, from the website you can click a button there on the right of the website and leave a voicemail and today's question comes from Pablo
2: Hi, Jeff. It's Pablo from ChefPablos.com, where I share my passion for the foods I learned to love growing up in Pat's hometown of San Diego. Authentic Mexican and Asian cuisine, as well as some of my favorite restaurant recipes. Uh, Jeff, I got to tell you, your podcast has quickly become one of my top fives, uh, along with Smart Passive Income. But, Jeff, your production value, the content's amazing, the guests, to say they're stellar is an understatement. Pat, I've listened to every single episode of your podcast and you changed my mindset towards internet marketing. I used to be focused on just making money, self-serving stuff, not worried about the quality, quality of the content. As long as I ranked and they clicked on an ad, I was happy. So thanks to you, I no longer have that mindset. Now I'm focused on serving the people who visit the site and I feel a deeper passion for what I do because of that. So thank you very much. So here's my question. I struggle with follow through in a big way. And both of you now working for yourselves after being let go, uh, How do you do it? How do you set deadlines that are real and that have a consequence when you're only accountable to yourself? I file April 15th for my taxes, even when they owe me money, because I need that deadline. And uh, I just got to know if there's something that you're doing that that makes it painful for not hitting your deadlines. Thank you guys both so much. What you're doing is literally life-changing. That was a
1: great voicemail. Man, um, thank you for listening to the show. We definitely got to hang out sometime um, <laughs> since you're in San Diego. And Mexican food is my favorite. So, um, and, and also, Mexican Asian fusion from some of the food trucks here are awesome. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you even said it yourself you need that deadline and you need it to be real. And I, I sort of do the same thing, but I don't, you know, they're, you know, for projects and things like that, you know, the government isn't looking at what I'm doing for projects, but I have other people following me. I mean, not just, not just people in my blog. I mean, sharing things on uh, publicly on the blog helps with accountability for sure. But it's mostly the people who are in the mastermind groups that I'm in. So other people who I meet with every week, who understand my business and who understand who I am and where I want to go and who, where I want to be. I share with them sort of my goals every week and my progress and, I, 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 I appreciate them so much that when I don't meet a deadline, I, I honestly truly feel bad. Um, and, you know, I feel, you know, they, they feel the same way about when they share their things too. I mean, that's part of what a mastermind group is all about. So I have that looming over me whenever I'm working on a project and I sort of announce something to them about what I want to do and I try to get it done. Um, I don't do this particular strategy, but there is a website out there. I can't remember the name of it, but Derek Halpern from socialtriggers.com recently has been talking about procrastination, and uh, he said that there's this website out there where you can pledge money, like put money on the line for a task that you want to do, and if you don't get it done in time, it actually goes to a charity that you hate,
0: That's a great idea. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, right.
1: I mean, that's such a good idea. Um, and that has motivated a lot of people. I think that's that's what Derek does. But, um, you know, putting money on the line or telling a friend about um, something that you want to do and actually holding you accountable to it and actually giving them money. You know, money is a great form of motivation. Obviously, just like taxes and the penalties that happen if you don't um, give them in on time. Um, so, even even just a friend or family member just hold, holding that money for you um, who will take it from you if you don't finish what you need to finish. That, that helps too. Um, but, I mean, just – being in the mastermind group has been probably the most important thing for, for me and wanting to follow through, not just so I don't let those people down. Also, um, maybe not necessarily putting money on the line but putting a reward of some kind on the other end of it when I do follow through um, and, and whether that's you know going on a small trip or getting you know a a, a shaved ice from um, from Wahine Kai or um, you know little things like that all those things matter I mean that's what keeps me motivated to uh, keep going and keep following through um, and also probably the biggest thing is you know you started whatever it is you started for a reason and you gotta think about who is not going to see it until it's finished and how many people you could potentially be either letting down or who who might not benefit from the information you have to share or the product you're trying to create there's going to be a lot of people out there who aren't going to benefit until you follow through and sometimes thinking about those people helps me keep going too
0: well pat i feel like we've only scratched the surface but our time is quickly coming to a close we'll include um of course, all the relevant links in the show notes page. But uh, before we go, tell us again where we can find you online, where we might be able to find you on Twitter, uh, any other projects coming up, maybe that you'd like others to know about, whatever it might be.
1: Sure. Well, my, uh, you know, I'm very transparent. My home address? Is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my Twitter handle is Pat Flynn. And uh, you can find me at smartpassiveincome.com. You know, I'm always working on new projects, so it's hard to pinpoint one now. But if you go on smartpassiveincome, you'll sort of see what I'm working on. I guess the biggest thing I'm doing now is I'm building another business from scratch, and it's going to serve the food truck owner market. And uh, that's sort of, you know, you'll see the progress. If you go to nichesitedual.com, you'll see a community of over 4,000 plus other people who are sort of following my lead with this and creating their own sites too. And there's a leaderboard there. There's a forum. Um, it's a lot of fun. But um, again, Jeff, just thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a, it's been a blast. And um, you know I, I can't wait to hear from the listeners to see how uh, how they liked it or not.
0: Well, Pat, thank you very much for your time. You have been very gracious and very generous. And we thank you very, very much. Thank you, Jim. Well, you heard the man. Pat wants to hear from you. Let him know what you thought about today's episode and what Pat had to say by sending him a tweet to at Pat Flynn on Twitter. That's P-A-T-F-L-Y-N-N, at Pat Flynn on Twitter. To comment on this episode, you can go to my blog at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 007 for Episode 7. Just scroll down to the comments section and you can leave your comment, question, or whatever it might be. That's also where you'll find the show notes for today's episode. All the links and resources we discussed can be found there. One more time, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 007. Finally, it would mean a great deal to me if you would rate the podcast. Now, this helps ensure others are going to have a better chance of finding it. It would mean a great deal to me personally. And if you give it a five-star rating and leave a review, I'll be sure and mention you by name in an upcoming episode as a small way of saying thanks. To rate and review the podcast, just visit com slash iTunes. That's com slash iTunes. want to say special thanks to our latest five-star reviewers, Frank Gustafson, also A. Alther, Cheryl Carver at CherylCarver.com, Froimo, gotta love these uh, iTunes usernames, right? Also, Steve Smith, Ron at focusandgetstarted.com, Paul Vandermill. And finally, Paul Blaze from the Doubt the Doubts podcast. Well, that'll do it for this episode. I'll see you next time on the Read to Lead podcast.
2: Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com and chat with other members at facebook.com slash nation. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.